started it, so we're started. We should pick up where we left off. Because we're just casually, casually having a conversation, and then next thing you know, it's recording, and this is just how we. This is what we just do, anyways. We just happen to have a recording going. Yeah, it's just two guys just hanging out, having a conversation, having some cord issues here. I don't know what's going on. Uh oh. Let me introduce the show. Oh, good idea. So you're listening to Tell Me Where to Turn. We are up to episode 89. I'm Tommy2 underscore zero on Twitter. I am joined today by the uh, the constable of Tell Me Where to Turn. You can find me at Glenn3 underscore 11 on Twitter. Yeah, wearing his suit with his little vest. Yeah. Here to just make sure that things happen the yep. way they're supposed to be happening. The way the commissioner would want him to have. Exactly. Wearing my vest that they o- overuse the TGI Fridays joke too many times. Did you see they got reissued? Oh, it did. The week later on. Oh, the yeah. Wall? No, I did. Yeah. The first time it went over really well, and the second time it seemed really forced. You know, unfortunately, that is one of the criticisms of the creative team right now. And I don't know if you noticed, but not this week, but the week and then the week before were pretty much the same show. They had like 80% of the exact same matches even. It was like the creative team just took a week off and were like, yeah, we'll run that back again. We had to do that with our podcast, like listen to the weeks before really intently and then try to just do the same exact show again as close as we can from memory after listening to it a few times. I feel like we may have done that unintentionally. 89 times? Maybe. (laughs) Could have been the case. So, speaking of that and ridiculous stuff on Monday Night Raw, did you see the... And we are not a wrestling podcast. No, it's just coincidence. In we any just, way. We happen to be talking about this. We were just casually talking about it when the computer started recording. When uh, um, Braun Strowman and Kevin Owens were battling, and he went and Kevin Owens went and hid in the porta potty. And he drug him all the way back through the arena. I was wondering if they rehearsed that because I thought, like, even even for somebody like him, depending on the how the resistance is set up, that that's got to be pretty tiring. And there were several times when he was going through like a real tight. I spot. thought he was going to get stuck. I'm going, oh man, this thing is going to hook a leg here. So I I saw some comments that I mean the bit was kind of failed overall. I mean it was all right. It could have been. It was a funny idea. They just could have executed yeah. it better. Like the the time that he spent dragging was too far, and then the distance the porta potty actually fell was way too low okay. to be impressive. Okay, so that that's now, I'm not saying I would have wanted to be in there when it happened, no. but from from other things that they've done, I mean, he went from flipping over a car to pushing a porta potty off like a six six inch platform. You don't think they. He should have pushed it, and then you could have had some kind of crane lifted up the thirty foot ladder, and then go up and push him off of it onto a table. Yeah, there would have been doo doo water over everybody in the crowd if they'd have done that. Wonder what was really in there, though. They don't have the real stuff. No, that in there. was that was a working porta potty. I'm sure it was. It was a. It was like the Nickelodeon goop. Yeah, it was. It was full of sanitary blue goo. Yeah. Did you know we were we were talking about the Mick Foley thing that they, they said that the thumbtacks that he fell on, that they went through and like sterilized every single one of them before the match. They have things happen that look like they're real wild and out of control, but in actuality they, they try to account for most things. I think. Well, 
That was still pretty wild and out of control. Oh yeah, no, it, it was it was all of the above. But it's funny to think that the the guy falls off thirty feet, sustains internal injuries, collapses a lung, but they sanitize the thumbtack. So some things you can control, and <laughs> some things it's you like, can't. He ain't gonna get C diff out of this thing. <laughs> <laughs> everything else, everything else, we're not so sure about. But so, so yeah. Uh, Kind of picking up where we left off, episode eighty-eight. I was uh, about to prep for something. Yeah, you were you you had some preparation to do after yes. the last episode. Sue prep, if you will. And I, I live tweeted some of it. <laughs> I shared a few of those tweets. Uh, I uh, I appreciate that for one. Well, yeah, got to get the word out. Trying to get you some pub. Um. Was it as bad, or I think I had kind of prepared you that I didn't think it was as bad as I had built it up. Do you, did you have the same overall reaction? I think you gave a fantastic review or preview, I guess, of what was going to occur. And and definitely, if there was a worst part, which really really wasn't that bad. Right. It is, it's like a formality. But um, the worst part was the prep the night before and the way that my doctor take the two doses was one late afternoon, the other one at like four in the morning, the morning of the procedure. Yeah. That's very different than what I did. Hey, everything worked fine. Just mine. Mine was, you had to drink a little bit of the same, like you mix the whole thing up and then you had to drink down to a different line, like every 30 minutes. No, this but, one, but my last dose was probably around midnight. Now I wasn't, I wasn't prepared to, lay down on something that didn't have a hole in water in it <laughs> until about three o'clock in the morning, but I wasn't drinking See, anything I, else. I didn't have that. So started the first time through. So it was just one dose or one yes. Dose. So was it, was it, um, was it a drink? Yeah. Okay. But it was a lot. It was, of, a, it was a solution and there's like a 16 ounce yeah, I think, a lot, container. I, I remember thinking, yeah, even the way the the one that I did, like by the end of it, it it, it was just more like like I just I don't want to drink anymore. Like it's just too much liquid. It wasn't. No, this this yeah. wasn't like that because you had the sixteen ounces, and they I think they wanted you to drink it within like fifteen minutes, but then drink two more things of water the same size within an hour of taking yeah. it. Yeah, that was how mine was. But it was like drink this and then supplement it with more water. Right. But at some point, yeah, I was just like, this is just too much too much water. So it took. Almost, almost a solid hour before it kicked in. So were you starting to get worried that like maybe you're like the one person in yes. the world that's impervious to it? Yeah. And you've got this superpower that's completely yeah. useless? So like 30, 40 minutes in, I was Googling how long it should take. <laughs> and, you know, it, you know, it affects people differently. So, you know, some were saying, I think the general consensus was somewhere between 15 minutes to an hour. So did you ever find an outlier of somebody that was like, yeah, it no. never happened? No, and I was looking at about 40 minutes. At about the 50 to 55 minute mark, we found out when my time was. About 50 minutes, you were like, yeah. I don't really need to look at this no. anymore. I was actually playing with one of my kids. He wanted to go outside, and I explained to him that I couldn't get too far Couldn't get too far from somewhere. You had to be within arm's reach of the commode. And yeah, about that time, I said, all right, well, here we go. And then a wild ride ensued from there. But I, I mean, I would say from when it first, you know, kicked in by, you know, a few hours after that, I was 
It was fine. Yeah, so that sounds that that sounds where the one you did differed from the one that I did because I I was from from whenever it started for the next several hours was was every thirty minutes so it was more constant. Yeah, yeah. Because then once it stopped, like I, I mean, when I went in the next morning, I was fine. Like I wasn't, you know, it was all up, it was cleaned out or whatever. Yeah. Oh, and you are you cleaned out? I oh mean, my gosh. So so did that occur? With the first dose, yes, or did it, it did. Take, so, so the second dose was was totally a formality that yeah, probably wasn't it, even necessary. It was just, it was as if I was reborn. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, and I've got pictures I can show you. I mean, that is clean as a whistle, as clean as can be. It's like as clean as the yeah, Air I, Force bathroom. That yeah, I, I got a, uh, I think I got a nice CD or something when yeah. I left there. But, but yeah, the the I think the most. The most not unpleasant, but the most alarming part is when you really get clean, and then you're kind of going like, "This is not normal." No, not like, at all. This doesn't seem like a normal. Doesn't seem normal anymore. So then we get have to get up at like four in the morning, the day of the morning of the procedure. Yeah, you, know, you go through the second dose, and it's pretty much the same. It took less than an hour to kick in this time. Took about three hours before it wore off completely, and then it was the same thing. Sixteen ounces again. Yeah, all all the same. So, did you sleep in between, or did you just stay up all night? I, you know, for probably like four four or five hours. Okay, what's well, not bad? No, it wasn't terrible. So then we get up to the hospital, and everything's you know great there. I show up, get there a little bit early. They, you know, within like 15 minutes of me showing up, they call my name. They're like, okay, we're ready to, you know, take you to pre-op. And I'm like, I'm almost not ready. I needed, I think I needed 30 or 40 minutes to sit here. Get your mind right. And so, you know, they, they before they, you get all changed and everything, they're just running through, who are you? And give me your date of birth and give me information to verify who you are. And then they verify the procedure you're having. Because my fear this whole time was <laughs> someone was going to, someone was going to get colonoscopy mixed up with colostomy and I was going to wake up. You're going to wake up with the Diekman. I was going to wake up with a uh, Diekman jersey on. And I was really worried about that. So then they, they verified what I was having done. So just to be safe, did you like draw an X like on your <laughs> chest with a Sharpie that was like no bag? <laughs> so I have a, uh, a buddy that works in the medical field and he does recommend if you're, especially if you're having like a, like a uh, spinal procedure on a level of your back to ride it. Like, cause they're going to, for, you're going to be laying, I guess on your back initially, but I don't mm-hmm. know how they position you. I guess it depends on what you're having, but he recommended to somebody to write the levels that are supposed to be operated on, like on your stomach. So just in case they don't mix it up and like fuse a level that's one too high. Isn't that or scary to like think that. about that, that, that that's happened enough that that's an actual thing. Yeah. So, and they asked me a series of questions, and I'll get to that here shortly. Because then you get back there, you know, they're like, you strip down, you put the gown on, but hey, we needed you to, you can cover up your front. No real need to tie it up in the back because that's kind of, it's kind of our, it's kind of the point here. It's kind of the lost highway here. And then they're like, okay, we'll just, you know, hang out for a little while, and then the guy will put in your IV, and then we'll wheel you back when it's your turn. And uh, so I'm just laying there, and I actually caught up on a little, probably maybe 10, 20 minutes of sleep, just laying there waiting. But there's this lady who is, she's basically next in line for the same thing after me. And she's in the, whatever, the bed next door, you know, on the other side of the curtain. Okay. 
She's being asked the same series of questions, which has a little bit to do with medical history. Have you had this done before? What what is you know was the reason for the the visit? You know, she's had several of these before. This lady was probably I would guess in her mid to late sixties, but she had the longest laundry list of issues and problems. Oh, no. She was very nice. She wasn't like, you know. Hey everybody! I want you to know how much pain I'm in, or anything like that. She was just right. being really honest, and she was telling this nurse the story. And this poor nurse was just listening to all of it. But she's a little. She was a little like too much information, lady. A little bit, but she went through this story that you know she was perfectly healthy until yeah, sometime in her thirties. <laughs> she had an accident at work where she was sitting at a desk. And she got up and she was wearing... This is the story she told. And I almost laughed out loud. Yeah, because you're technically not really supposed to be listening to this because no. it's a protected health conversation. But just the idea of she's at a desk, she's got high heels on, she gets up to walk, someone had spilled some ball bearings and she had stepped on one and like with her heel it slipped because she just stepped the wrong well, yeah, way I mean, or whatever. Ball bearings are slippery. <laughs> Obviously, and I mean, she who, like who doesn't know that? <laughs> fell and hit like her neck and her back on the corner of this desk or a table. It immediately needed a colonoscopy. <laughs> <laughs> and she's had spinal, neck, and back issues oh, since that indeed. day. Which the ball bearings is what threw me off because I'm like, what setting is this? It's like the feats of strength, kind of. <laughs> I, just you couldn't handle it. Where do you have high heels and ball bearings in the Venn diagram? Right. So yeah, like. What company? What company is she working for? Yeah, where you, where first you're in an office where you would dress up, and then two that there's just loose ball bearings available <laughs> anywhere. That's the story she told. That's not the most shocking part to me, because based on she verified the date of birth, I could do the math. She's in her in her sixties. They get to these questions of, well, you know, do you want this? Do you want this done? How do you want to handle this? And it gets to if something essentially goes wrong and you're losing blood and you need blood for us to save you as in save your life do you want that and she could have declined this for religious reasons i guess but yeah there are that is a that is a thing there's certain religions that don't believe in the transfusion but do you want blood and i you know, like i, I would have said what what are you going to do with this camera that's going to cause this amount of blood <laughs> loss that's well, what i would have said of course they they asked me that and I just kind of looked at the lady, and I was like, "Yes, please save my life." I didn't. I didn't show up here to not live today. You didn't like write DNR <laughs> over your crack. No, <laughs> put it on my stomach before they rolled no, me you over. Put it, put it right above the anus, <laughs> and then as the blood's pouring out of there, like, "Well, it says DNR." Yeah. But she immediately was like, "No," and the nurse is like, "No." She's like, "No." If something happens, just. I don't need anything. And then she was actually like, you know what? If you want to just go ahead and kill me anyways, <laughs> just Conrad Murray me so or that whatever was, the guy's name was. That was the moment where I'm sitting there and when she says no, like I definitely got like eyebrow raised and head kind of raised up in the air a little bit. So then my name is called and they wheel me back there and get in there. Doctor comes in, just ask me how I'm doing all ready to go. Did I do the prep? And I was like, oh, yes, I definitely did. So they asked you that before, too. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, she asked I remember me. that was the... My recollection was that that was the question that got asked the most, and it was... Yeah. It, it started out real, you know, conversational, like, hey, did you do the prep? Yeah, and then the closer you got, it got to be like, no, so 
you did the whole prep, you followed all the instructions, you know, like, oh, because I think that it's basically waste their time if they get in there and it's not prepped correctly. Right. Another question before you okay. continue: when when they wheeled you in, so you're you're now in there with the doctor. Were they playing music? Like, um, uh, no. Okay, that I, I found that really odd. Would mind they were they were listening to like hip hop music. Yeah, they the, may have once they got going. But you no, know, he. I think the doctor that I had kind of fancied himself a social media star and this like hey bro guy that was real cool. But yeah, they were they were listening to hip hop music in the room. That that was something I thought was really strange because you know you just don't want to think about same thing we're talking about. You know, the doctors making mistakes. You know, you don't want to think about your. Your doctor uh, just filming to the beat. Yeah, just feel yeah, because you know you want to be gentle here. You don't want any <laughs> sudden movements. So they get me in there, and then you know I'm probably not in there just laying for more than like five minutes, and then it's the anesthesiologist was in there, and she was you know introduced herself and blah blah blah, blah and here's here's you got the IV and here's what we're injecting in here and yeah. it'll just take a short period of time and so they they get me and they're like okay we'll get up you know on your side and as I'm you know positioning myself she's starting to put the stuff in the IV and the last thing I remember is I got up on my side and then I, I don't remember how I had my arm, but I remember asking them like, do you want my arm all the way in front of me or just like on my side? And they were like, you can just leave it on the side where it's at. I don't remember anything after that. <laughs> and I was completely lucid at that. Like I wasn't slurring or anything. Right. I remember that. It just went from hundred yeah. percent clear. I don't remember anything until I woke up and then the nurse was standing in the recovery room with me. But do you remember all that? Yeah. And did the doctor come in and talk to you? Yeah. Yeah. See, when I had mine, same thing, very similar experience. Lay on your, lay on your side and, and went from being completely aware of everything right down to the hip-hop music to lights out. But he had said during his pre-procedure spiel, he said, well, you won't... I'm going to talk to you afterwards, but you probably won't remember it. And I'm, then I'll send, you know, I'll send you, you know, all the, the notes and the, the images and stuff later. But I remember everything. Like I remember, yeah. I remember still to this day, I remember talking to him, I remember him saying what, what they found, what they didn't find yep. and, and really feeling like for the most part came out of it and felt, felt like by within an hour of it happening, like it was, we were good to go. Like nothing, nothing really very different than my only other anesthesia experience where I think it was like the next day and I was still loopy, which when I was a little kid, you know. I mean, that's obviously the, yeah. You're I think the technology is size improved. and the dosage. Yeah, the technology's improved quite a bit. But yeah, afterwards, you know, he came in and said, you know, everything looks fine. You're not cronesed up. He didn't phrase it that way. Um, no signs of cancer or anything like that signs of trauma yeah no, no signs external of, trauma signs of trauma <laughs> we pulled an old action figure out of there but <laughs> that's kind of par for the course uh, the last thing he said before he said like you know have a good one or whatever was uh thanks for doing the prep and like doing it correctly i i really do think that's a beat down for those yeah. guys and i think it happens a lot the only other guy I know that's kind of our age that had one done got busted for not doing it right. He just didn't do it. Didn't do it right. Like kind of, kind of started to do it, but but I, I don't think he really followed all the rules. And they got in there, and it was a big, it was a big fiasco. And it oh was, man, because then I mean they 
they don't treat you as kindly after that. They give you the, <laughs> no, they don't. the uh, very, very unfortunate way to get that cleaned out. Yeah. They don't put you under. They just. Oh, no, they'll put you under eventually. But after, after they do a couple other things to get the prep finished up. Yeah, they ought to rapidly. It's, that ought to it's make you just pleasant. bite down on the yeah. the old wooden stick and just have to deal with it. But he said that he said the same thing to me. Uh, said the same thing to me. He said, "Hey, great job on the prep, man." Yeah, and gave uh, me the knowing nod. After the fact, I uh, I talked to my dad because I didn't even t- t- tell I hadn't told him that I was going to have it done or anything. We were talking about it. And the first thing he said when I said I had one done was, "Hey." It's the best 45-minute nap you'll ever have in your life. <laughs> so that's the message to everybody out there. If you're at that age or something happens and it gets recommended, don't hesitate because it's about the easiest thing you can have done Yeah, when you have to be put under. I mean, going in yeah, and it, you know, getting a shot is yeah. easier. But and, and if you need blood, they'll, they'll give you some. Just say yes. But yeah, the stuff that they probably put you under was the same stuff that killed Michael Jackson, which is propofol, I believe. I think that's what they use for colonoscopies. But I could see where that would be appealing if you were an insomniac and never could sleep, and there was a medical doctor that was willing to yeah. give you the give you the treatment. You think he had a lot of colonoscopies? Man. You know that that's a that, that's a real common. Not about him, but a common misconception. So you do that prep, and you think, man, that's probably like really good for me, right? I've I've completely cleaned myself out, but in actuality, I don't think repeatedly. I don't. Yeah, think. it's and it's really not good for you. The only reason to have you do it is so the camera can see yeah. what it needs to see. But the uh, the actual organ, the colon, is intended to be like a filter for bad things. It doesn't really work unless it's dirty. So. They say that within like, you know, 12 hours or 18 hours of you having the prep when you go back to a normal diet, like it's completely back to the way it was. Like, That's good. you know, I think people think about it like they do think about getting like their air ducts in their attic clean and they're like, oh yeah, I'll do this cleanse, you know, once every three months and my system will be really cleaned out. And in actuality, like you're, you're back to exactly what you were within a day and your colon's actually really working correctly when it is like that. So there's people that are into like the, coffee enemas and just the you know these crazy things that's actually really bad for you despite as much fun as it probably is but i'm sure it is afterwards i did not have the extreme hunger appetite that i thought i would i wasn't sick or anything but no but i mean i'm sure the anesthesia probably has some effect differently on people yeah i mean i went home and ate something but the idea of uh hey we're gonna drive straight here to get a 12 pack of tacos you didn't want to go get a scrambler or anything Uh, i i I think that uh burgers and fries was offered and i politely declined and said i think i can just go with maybe a nice sandwich (laughs) maybe a water yeah and then we'll just kind of ease back into things yeah maybe the next day we can we can hit something pretty heavy so there you go. So well, hopefully, and, I, and I'm also glad that they didn't find anything yeah. nefarious in there. That's good. Yeah. So hopefully, this finally closes the book. Unfortunately, it takes away like 85 percent of our content over the last two months. But so what? You, what you're saying now is you're you're basically daring God not to afflict one of us with a medical condition before next week. I mean, as long as it's something that is just more or less annoying and won't won't kill you or the podcast. I mean, why not? Man, we can't kill the podcast. We're too close to 100 episodes. So since we started this, 
Well, Dave's leg almost fell off. That was before. That was that was kind of right. Yeah, right before. Yeah. You haven't had anything. No, not yet. I mean, there's still time. Hmm. I I dealt with a lot of my well the issues that landed me in the same laying sideways in the same position you were a couple of years before you so I've been down that road I'm not I'm not immune from it I'm just just not there right now so while we're on that same laying on your side topic just coincidentally my yearly physical was scheduled for last week and now I am of a certain age. Oh no! <laughs> Where that becomes a factor. Oh no! But it's optional because you can do it with a blood test. Oh, I don't want to do that. I mean, like you just can, your normal take your blood. Well, I mean, and, I'm assuming unless your doctor's not a licensed medical practitioner, you had to donate or you had to give some blood samples right at your physical. Yeah, you always do. They can t- check your PSA level, which is which is another indicator of prostate cancer without but having it's just actually. An, Right. Feel if the prostate's enlarged. I mean, while we're there, let's just go ahead and do it. So you opted in. I mean, I've been demanding it for decades <laughs> now, and they wouldn't do and it. They kept saying, sir, you're not old <laughs> you're, enough. You're 23. Yeah. No, uh, it was given as uh, as an option that, hey, at this age, we this and yeah. this. So first, we're going to have you cough for us. Yeah. Which, I mean, I've had that done several times. but I do that at almost everyone. I mean, that's, that's again, a pretty normal. I'm, again, I'm at a doctor. Yeah. And we're not live on the podcast or in front of an audience or anything. Right. And then she said, <gasps> <laughs> we do this too. And I was like, hey. Interesting. Let's go for it. Interesting. So... Uh, Did she ask how many fingers? No, but man, I mean, and I'm fine. It's not anything that weirds me out or anything like that. And she was very much like, you know, I know what's happening, but she kind of gave me the go ahead is, okay, we're, we're going to do this now. But then I was just like, man, are you going in knuckle first? I mean, it was not, it was not well, that no, you pleasant. Been, you should have been pretty loosened up from the other thing. You'd think so. Yeah, I mean, you had a whole camera up there. Feel like that should stretch it out a little and bit. And I picture it was one of those old like eighties yeah. on shoulder things. <laughs> based on my insurance. So but, I have not had that done, thank thank goodness. So that was not as pleasant. I, I mean, I it was a rough few seconds. But I mean that's all it is. Yeah. So it's just more of a like, oh God. And then it's over. And she was like, it's fine. Wait, I need a, I need yeah. a second. Actually, <laughs> I like, wait a minute. Hold on. I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Opt out. I'm opting out. Yeah. So we're good there, but yeah. I've, I've so is it like uh, like the generic, like they see in the movie, she slapped the glove on and snapped it? I mean, it's not so ho- the, Hollywooded up. Put the uh, jelly on there? Well, I mean, they, they kind of have you like, okay, yeah, lay on your side and um, different places may do it differently. Lay on your side and bring your knees up like towards your chest. So I'm she I'm facing away. So I don't know what she's doing back there. Like she could be periscoping this thing. I have no idea. Possible. The face wasn't showing, so so I think I'm okay. Yeah. But yeah, so now that's happened. <laughs> so my my last physical, I, I may be describing a sexual assault here, so I need to be careful. You were you were wearing a hospital gown during this procedure. 
the one the the colonoscopy? No, no, during the uh, inspection, no. you just, you just undress, so undress, you, and you cover up with the thing they give you. Right, I didn't but have you a were gown on. I wasn't. Didn't, she didn't pull your pants down. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> no. Yeah. So. That was that was kind of that was the awkward part for my last one. I didn't like that as much. Usually, they offer you the opportunity to put on the little paper gown thing. Yeah. Well, they they didn't do that. So, but but did they say, "Hey, go ahead and drop your pants," or I'm going to pull your pants down? Yeah. So, I'm just kind of sitting there. So I've got my shorts on and twelve. Yeah, I've got my shorts on and I'm sitting on the table. And I did think it was weird because every I've seen the same doctor forever. Uh, And okay, uh, he. um, Oh dear, that's where this comes from. No, he's always kind of followed the same procedure with the physical. You know, you change, and I don't. You know, I mean, usually it's the person that's working for him. But yeah, so I'm sitting up on the table, and then he's like. Uh, okay, I'm gonna go ahead and and do the hernia check, which is turn your head and cough. Right, and then he just kind of eases the old pants down. <laughs> it was a little weird, right? I mean, that's yeah, weird, that's, right? Yeah. Yes, that's weird. It's not good. Not that's, good. That's not, not good. normal. Did they bring in a witness? No. Mine does. They when they do when they check the the front and back, they bring in someone else in the room <laughs> to check it out and be like, huh. Eh. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> it's either that or thoughts and prayers, one yeah. of the two. Uh, but, I mean, obviously to, you know. Is it somebody of the opposite sex? They, in mine, they both were. They were both female? Yes. Oh, okay. Opposite of me, not opposite of each other. No, because I feel like sometimes, like, especially, especially I think it works, especially the other way, you know, if there's a, if it's a male doctor with a female patient, they'll bring in a female oh, yeah, 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 medical yeah. assistant, you know, especially if they're going to do something that could maybe be misinterpreted later, but... Right. No, my, my guy was just like, hey, turn your head to cough, pal. No witnesses here. Yeah. We don't need witnesses for this. <laughs> no one will hear you scream. Oh, what a, what a nightmare. That guy did me a solid, though, after that. Well, yeah, I told you about my back injury last week. I, I finally broke down, and, and I told you I emailed him, and he never wrote back. Well, he yeah. finally did, and he... he uh, he just called into the, and I don't think this is like a, it's not a narcotic. We called in just a muscle relaxer, and that really yeah, helped. That's not. What'd you get? Uh, Flexoril. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Took, really helped. Really helped loosen things up. It's a little tight back there. Yeah. Well, you know, it's kind of what's been the theme of the episode so far. A little, <laughs> been doing a little too much on the row machine. Yeah. So I had another hospital visit <laughs> last week. <laughs> I have to change this name of this from "Tell Me Where to Turn" to like the the medical medical hour with Glenn and Tommy. Um, this tell visit, me this wasn't for you. It was not for me. Okay. Did you have to take that sixty year old lady to the hospital afterwards? No, I had to I had to take a child to the emergency room. Oh no! Which is always fun. Well, excuse my joking on the situation. So we're out. So you probably met the deductible this year. I'm guessing. Oh, we're way beyond. Let me tell you, the colonoscopy because I've already met the deductible. It cost me almost nothing. Yes. to have it done. So this which, could be this could be the year for elective procedures. I'm yeah. just going to throw that out there. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get the implants yeah, and any, have them taken out. Yeah, say so if you need anything augmented or reduced, this could be your year. So my parents are in the process of building a lake house. Okay. Yeah. Seems 
a touch on the affluent side. They, I mean, they obviously have the lot. The house is under construction. <laughs> so they obviously have, the, they didn't just start building it on somebody else's lot. So. <laughs> yes. I just want to make that clear. So your dad is not a criminal and enjoys the colonoscopy. <laughs> and, uh, but they have, uh, they're like right on the water and they've got their, they've got a dock out there with a boat lift and everything. That's already like, that's established. Okay. They're kind of building from water towards the street. It's so kind of the, started the way by docking. This. And yes. I, I needed to get to that, oh, to that joke. Oh, but anyway, sorry. so they've got that. So read the script more carefully. Weekend before July 4th, a bunch of people come out. I'm going to swim. going to grill out. Of, of that bunch of people, how many of them have turned left in a <laughs> modified or factory um, stock? At least... At least three. That's good, man. And you can include me if you include like a ride along. Because I've been in one, but I've never driven one. Yeah, well, kind of more limit this to real real drivers. Three, not, and, a, not three and a half. Three and a half. Um, so we get there. That's a whole idea. It's just, hey, we're going to swim for a while. We're going to grill out. They're going to do the fireworks. We're going to all help pitch in and build this house. Yeah, we're going to build the house overnight and we'll be ready in the morning. Get there, eat a little food, go swim in the lake. Kids are loving it. Um, it's pretty much the classic American 4th of July to me. It's it's great. They, they're Lake, both, grilling. Both their neighbors are each having their own separate party, but it's all like open and their neighbors are like, hey, we're making this over here. You're making this. Just well, we don't even know who you are, but just walk up if here's you want the, something. Here's just the take fish it. bowl. Here's yeah. <laughs> here's where you put your keys. That's where the fish is. Um, and so we get we get done swimming. And you know, I have two kids, fairly young, as as do you. Yes. And and I'm aware they, of this. They have life jackets on, but still. Well, what what responsible parent wouldn't have them in life jacket? But still, that's my biggest thing I'm most paranoid about is one of my kids drowning. So like I will never be the parent who when they're swimming somewhere or whatever that's not paying attention or you know looking at their phone or whatever I essentially don't take my eyes off of them ever. So we get we get all done. They're done. They're tired. They're like well, yeah, let's get out of the water. I'm so hungry. swimming is over. You've announced that swim swimming time is, over. is over. Climbing up the ladder to get back on the dock. Now on this dock there's kind of two different parts of it. Now I'm not going to describe this in completely professional detail as familiar as I am with docking. I don't know if I can paint the picture perfectly, but it's got two parts. And one part is like, you know, where the boat lift is and there's you know, kind of a platform to walk around that area and then there's a separate area that's floating that's essentially if you want to you know, use it for whatever, you know, sunbathing, jumping off into the water or whatever. Well, I mean, it's a floating dock. It's got to have a little flex to it. So in between these two parts, there's like a gap that's maybe that wide. And then I don't know how, how deep it was. So you're, you're holding, you're holding your hand about eight inches apart. (laughs) Yes. Um, I don't know exactly how wide it was, but when, when I got there, not very wide, not, not, is this a design flaw? No, this is the way it's okay. This is the way it's supposed to be. Okay, so it seems like well, a, an in between space. Like you'd want it to either be more or less. But you would probably, I mean, in my mind, you'd probably want something 
that allows the the flexibility to occur, right. but covers the gap. Yeah, I mean, what, what to me, that's just begging for somebody to drop a phone down in between it. Or and, but it doesn't. There's like a there's a there's a bottom to it, so it doesn't go all the way to the water. Ah. So there's like a whatever. I don't know if it's rubber, whatever it is. So if yes. you drop something in there, it wouldn't Always, fall away into the lake. It's hard to dock with a rubber, but exactly. Yeah, I understand. Um, but it is a gap that's big enough for a five year old's foot and leg to go into, as I found out. So when we got there and I saw this and we're walking out, I, I kind of made like a mental note of it. So you thought of this on the way out to swim? Like we walked that, past That's a it. tripping hazard, basically. Yeah, and I basically said, hey, watch your step right here. But I didn't do what I should have done, which is basically, hey, look at this. You could fall in here. Be very careful. Like just hammer it into their head. Because by the time we got out there, we swam for however long, and he's climbing back up. Well, I mean, he's just, he's a goofy little kid. He's forgotten about this whole, hey, there's a place, whatever. So he climbs up the ladder, and he's just kind of being goofy or whatever. Right. I didn't see it, because I'm helping my other one get up the ladder, too. But he steps in this thing as he's kind of running, and then falls, and... Then when anyone got up immediately to help him, well, it made the thing essentially kind of flex, and then it it basically smashed his leg. Oh, I didn't even think about that. So it went all the way... His foot went in, and it went all the way up to like where it's... So he's got one foot in, one foot out. One foot in, one foot out. Okay, and and now now the movement of it smashed his... Basically pinned his leg inside this thing. And it was while he was in motion, so... Oh, no. Yeah, so... So he's walking straight down. Yeah, that's not good. No. That's a broken leg is what that is. Well, fortunately not. But, and you know, when you have kids and when they get hurt, there's there's different levels of that. There's, hey, I'm, j- I'm just tired. I'm not really hurt. There's, I fell down and I'm, I'm embarrassed, kind of a cry or a scream. And then there's the one that it's like... It's, it, it's, it's the bad kind. This was the bad scream and it's so this is not the this is not the this is not i want attention scream no this is like i something happened that i have no idea what just happened exactly it's really bad so once i hear that i'm helping my youngest up i like i knew exactly what had just happened and then i that's that's scary that you had like the premonition to have seen it and then just knew like that's exactly what happened yeah so then I, I pull myself up, and my dad is helping him get his leg out of it, but he's being really careful, and I'm kind of at an angle. I'm not looking at it straight on, and I can't tell. My first thought is exactly what you said, is that the bottom of his leg is going to be... He just, or he just broke every tendon in his knee. Yeah, and, yeah. Like, like his leg's going like to be... like the worst place for it to hit. Pointing the wrong way, or... but it, and, and at first, it was my fear, because the way he was just sitting, it kind of looked like something was Not crooked. pointing the right direction? Okay, so I, I don't want to add comedy to a serious situation, but was your dad, as he's helping him, is he doing like the where he has to have his legs on one side of the crack and his arms <laughs> the other to push them apart? No. Okay. No, 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 it wasn't. <laughs> he's, not, he's not in the downward-facing dog no. trying to do this? Okay. No, he, 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 was, he was out of the... Because it does seem his like... His leg was out of it. Okay, because it does seem like a situation where the more people rushing to help would just pinch tighter. So he got his leg out and... It from initially going down in there, and however it it started to like press against his leg, like there was like an, a, a deep abrasion on each side, 
that was he didn't need stitches because it didn't open up like a laceration, but it it just ate through I don't know how many layers of skin. Like it's almost two weeks later and he's still got like these gauze bandages on it. Ugh. So anyway. So was it sharp or was it just that much pressure? It was that much pressure. Yeah, that's scary. And I think it was because he was, it wasn't just like he was just standing and took one step and went in. It was because right. he was in motion so, so too. So how much blood was there at the time? There actually wasn't, hard, there was hardly any. Okay, well that's good because that, that would probably scare him to death and then you'd have to do the tourniquet. Yeah, so, but it, I mean, he was in. He was he was just scared more than anything. So anyway, so here, here we get to the fun part. Um, I can tell his 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 legs not crooked, but his knee is starting to already kind of swell up a little bit. You can tell, not a lot, but, right, but, but, but a little. But perhaps indicative of some kind of a so tendon or yeah. This something. is not a hey, let's just rest and see what happened. We need to and we and we thought that maybe he still got a fracture. So we pick him up, carry him to the truck, and we're off to the emergency and room. And is he just crying the whole time? Oh, yeah. Okay, so there's no, there's no calming him at this point. No, I mean, it's, it's like a screaming, panicking So child. who all's going to the ER? Me and the wife. You, little kid? Little kid staying back okay. with everybody else. All right. Um, so, so we get in there. So, okay, I've just gotten out of the lake. Happened to have a pair of flip flops that were down there, but I grab him. We grab him. We go to the truck. We get we get him in and we take off. So you're barefoot. I have flip flops on. Oh, okay, I thought you were saying that they were down at the. Dock. No, no, no. I had a, okay. I had them down there, so I was able to as I get him and like they're on my way. So I get them because I'm thinking in my head, well, I don't want to be barefoot. I don't know how long I'm going to be there. I don't want to be barefoot, but I haven't dried off or anything. Just get in the truck and go. So we get to a Wise County Hospital, and I get out, wheel around, get him out of the truck, carry him, carry him in the door. I'm still dripping lake water, and I'm shirtless going into the emergency room. And we get there, and there's... So I'm going to need the name of this hospital so I can contact them about the security footage. <laughs> we get there, and there's some people waiting, and I, I think... I don't know what they were there for. One person was pregnant, but they didn't seem to be really in a hurry for being in an emergency room. Yeah, maybe they weren't fully dilated yet. Maybe not. But they're they're waiting to like check in and we we get in and my kid at that point is calmed down, but he's just holding on to me, you know. And one of the guys turns around, he kind of looks at me, and then he just nudges everybody else and he's like, This guy needs to this guy needs <laughs> to go ahead, you know. <laughs> so we get him back there and Fortunately, x-rays done and stuff like that. Nothing's broken. And it looks like it's just a really bad... Just a laceration. Laceration, abrasion on both sides. And maybe like a sprain of the knee, but we don't think there's any like instability or anything torn or anything like that. But speaking of deductible... Glad that's met too (laughs) for this one. They've probably never seen an insurance card in Wise County Hospital before. You're like, yeah, here, let me give you. They're like, we don't know what to do with this, sir. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, well, here's my insurance card, and it's just footage of her staring at me for 30 minutes straight. <laughs> Calling all her friends over, like, look at this. No, they were... The shirtless guy had insurance, like... <laughs> like, has a shirtless guy ever walked into the ER before and produced yes. an insurance card? Actually, I've uh, done that before, so... Yeah, I think I think. Well, I was holding my shirt on my head when I went in. So we were actually, but I was shirtless. Going to spend the night with at my parents' 
current house, not the one being built. So we had stuff like in the truck. So I knew once I got there and we got everything squared away, you could go out I'd to have the truck clothes. And, and maybe, maybe, maybe not. Maybe just yeah, own know. it, you know? Yeah. I just kind of walked around the hospital a few times. Yeah. But I had that, but just the, and I'm of course, you know, more concerned with him, but. Yeah, as I'm walking in there and getting checked in, and like I'm sitting in the chair, You're like yeah, it's kind of cold in and here. I'm in the, I've got lake water on me still, and and all that, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm just kind of sitting here with no shirt on, with a crying kid. But we got out of there, and I think we're gonna, I think he's gonna, little buddy's gonna be okay. So no stitches or anything? No, because just the nature of the wound. I think I sent you a picture of it. Yeah, it just wasn't. It wasn't opened up where it needed stitches he's what got stra- like it was just yeah it was just strange he's got they put I mean, they cleaned it and everything obviously mm-hmm. and then they they've had he went to see an orthopedic to make sure everything was okay and then they put treated it with something put some kind of gauze on it which has been on there for over a week now that's but that's how it's supposed to be yeah and the doctor's basically like when it comes off that means the skin has healed because i guess it's made to stick to the non-healed <laughs> skin. I'm not a doctor, okay, and I didn't go to the appointment. I just, I just pay the bills when they come in. That's essentially. <laughs> I mine. just figured you should have just kept the theme and just gone to every appointment shirtless <laughs> just to see. <laughs> oh, so what a that's a scary man. That's a that's a scary um, that's a scary turn of events. It was. So how did how did uh, Mrs. Glenn three underscore eleven handle it? Oh, I mean, she takes charge of the situation, so not she was take, fine. Not, not, not enough to say put on a shirt, obviously. No, but she was more... I was kind of looking at his leg, and I was trying to ascertain if this was obviously broken. Right. And then I was kind of thinking, like, all right, do we need to take them to the doctor right now? Maybe we'll give him a second. And <laughs> she... Wait, yeah, wait till the morning. No, not till the morning, <laughs> but maybe we could just give it... I don't know. I just needed a few minutes to think. Yeah. She got, like, up and looked at him and just said, let's go right now. And I was like, all right, well, now I have to because... And did you know where to go, or were you having to, like, Google map? I know the area. Hospital near me. Like, I knew where to get back to the, to the highway and that the hospital was off that highway. But, I mean, knowing exactly where it was, not really. Like, I asked. I was like, where's the nearest hospital? And they're like, oh, it's in... I was like, is the closest one in Decatur? And they're like, yeah, it is. Do you know Do you know how to get there? I was like, not really, but we'll find it. And then, like, as I'm getting I'm getting my shoes on and I'm carrying him and, my, and I'm running, essentially, as fast as I can, holding a kid and wearing flip-flops, my mom's trying to give me directions, which yeah, like in one some, or the other. somewhat consist of roads and somewhat consist of like things you're going to pass and like a guy so, named yeah. Larry. And, <laughs> There's going to be an abandoned car. Yeah. <laughs> Turn right. And at the end, she was like, so do you know where you're going? And I just said, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got to the truck. She's like, you know where we're going? I was like, not really, but we'll find it. There's enough technology to get us there. Yeah, so phones do work in Wise County, apparently. They, yeah, they do. Just so, did you? Just did barely. you have to car seat him, uh, or did we do the? Uh, I'm going to hold him while we're. Well, driving. he he's big enough where he just needs the yeah. the belt. He just in the yeah. booster in the in the belt, so we could buckle him in. But he didn't want to bend his leg at all. Well, I, I wouldn't either. So and then, like she's back there holding his leg up, <sighs> and then you know go over highway or just whatever roadways, there's going to be bumps. Oh, and like you hit a bump buddy. and then that's not good. I did have the, had the hazards on and we were, we were going at least 15 to 20 miles over the speed limit the whole time. So you were, uh, 
you are exercising your right to operate a vehicle in an emergency manner. And and you know what? The people of Wise County were getting out of the way. Showing respect. They were. Pro- they probably could tell that there was a number 18 sticker on the back. <laughs> and they knew if they didn't get out of the way, <laughs> they, they were going to be, be going down into the infield grass. <laughs> they, would, they better hope there's a safer barrier around <laughs> Highway 287 because they were going to be in contact with it about a second and a half. So yeah, that's, that's been my recent uh, Man. since the last podcast. That's a, uh, that's a pretty good reason for missing a week of shows, I suppose. You know, we are missing someone tonight. Yeah. Someone was all prepared to record tonight until he realized he didn't have a microphone in Austin. Yeah, you got to... Gonna pack that stuff with you. He's had quite a uh, he's had quite a couple weeks too. He was in Las Vegas for five days, came straight back back in our part of the world for a day, and then straight to Austin after that. Our um, our friend, our so part of our poker group went to Las Vegas to play the the World Series of Poker, the main event, the 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 big one, the big one, the the No Limit Hold'em Championship, and made it through the first day of the tournament. Well, the second day of the tournament, they redraw, you know, they randomly assign you to a table. Well, he randomly got assigned to the same table as the, um, the guy who won the uh, $50,000 buy-in players championship. He's a fairly notable poker player. So he's playing with him the entire day. You're, you're stuck with that table the whole day, unless, unless so many people bust on the table that they, they close it down. Right. That evening, they started airing it live on ESPN two for, or yeah, I guess that night it was on ESPN one. And then they have three tables that they have rigged up for TV that have the RFID readers for the cards and, and the cameras and everything. So they, they, the fields assigned at random. So they pick basically the three tables with the people that they think will be the most interesting for TV. So they had like Ray Romano on one table. Well, our friends there and they come over and they're like, okay, uh, everybody, you got five minutes. You're reporting to the TV table, so you know, put your chips in this bag. Go over here to get your microphone wow. put on. And next, so he's texting us like, "You're not going to believe this. They're moving us to the TV table. We're walking over there." So, do you have this? I wasn't able to watch it. Oh I, yeah. So you have it like DVR. I have it DVR. I have it saved. Did he get a lot of audio on there? The, or the? It's funny because. They they show it for I think that night it was like three hours on ESPN and then they switch over to it's called Poker Go but it's basically like a an online channel for poker yeah when they switched over to the Poker Go broadcast all of a sudden the player audio levels came way up and you could hear everything when they're on ESPN they've got they've got commentators in the Poker Go but they're the the level was balanced differently so when they're on ESPN you really can't hear much of the talk. Okay. Other than just it's you can hear it, but it's real faint. It's the foreground noise is all the announcers, and so so not as much on what I have. But then when it went to the Poker Go, you could. But it was it was a riot, and he actually the very last hand of the night, he he won a, a not a huge hand, but he got he got dealt pocket aces. The the pro, the Michael Mizraki, the guy that they were trying to feature, was in the hand. You know, ends up folding to him eventually after he loses some money. Nice, but it was just—I mean, it's just crazy to see somebody you know really, really well live on TV. Yeah, I, and I then like he's looking at his phone, and we're like, he's looking at texts that we're sending him. You know, we're like you know, and it's on a delay because obviously if it was live, live, 
we could cheat, right? We could right. be texting like, hey, here's what he's got. Right. So we're 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 texting him what happened, you know, twenty five minutes ago. Yeah. What 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 we're seeing live, you know, like, hey, when you did this, this guy had that. But it was it was really, really cool. And Dave was there. So he was he was in Vegas to hang out. He gets the text, so he jumps in a cab, you know, shoots over to the Rio where it is. So we can you can see Dave looming in the background of the shots all so throughout seedy. the yeah all throughout the uh, all throughout the event, which is hilarious. I did see one of the screenshots, and I I didn't see if if it was in order of how many chips they had because it may have been, and maybe that explains it. But when they showed the main table and who was at it, they definitely had his name on the bottom. <laughs> it was actually in order of what seat you were in. Okay, so he he was in second or third place for the chips at his table almost the whole night. So he was, he was in a pretty commanding position. Okay. Now, unfortunately the next day, which would have been the day, what they call day three of the tournament, the first day that the entire fields consolidated onto one, into one room, he um, ran into a, a series of unfortunate events and mm. fell short of the, uh, the prize money. So if you're in the money, like bare minimum money, how much is that? The the first level of payout, the minimum you would get is a fifteen thousand dollar payout, which is a five thousand dollar profit on okay, the ten thousand okay, okay. entry, and and then every I don't know every few hundred places it progresses, and so they're still playing it now. So think about that. It started before the Fourth of July. There's yeah. sixty people still left in it right now, and is they've been playing every single day for twelve hours, ten to twelve hours. Is the participation level still? as high as it was like five or 10 years ago. This is, this was, this year was the second largest one they've ever had. Okay. It's been ever since, so 2003 was when the Chris moneymaker, the goofy guy won and it gained all this popularity. And then the next year after that is when it got ridiculous where it got to like four or 5,000. And then it peaked a couple years later at 8,000 people, which was the year Jamie gold won, who was the, who was like, not a good poker player, but he's really entertaining. And he subsequently lost all the money he won. Oh, no. And, and filed for bankruptcy. But it then dipped after that. But it's been steady between 6,500 and 7,500 every year since. And this year it was like, it's, I think, like 77,000 or something. Who was the Not guy? Not 77,000, 7,700. I got to say that right. 7,700. Who's the guy? I think he won it one time that wore the, the dumb glasses. Oh, yes. Greg Raymer. That yeah, that guy. Yeah, he's is he still with us? He's still with us, but he he got uh, involved in a police prostitution sting where he was oh, soliciting no. online and showed up and uh, oh no, it was the it was not what he thought. Yeah, Chris Hansen was there. No, it wasn't that. It was it was I guess at least positioned as within the uh, oh. He was within the age limit. The age limit, but yeah, it was a it was a real seedy thing because he's like married with a family and he was like on the road, you know, at a poker tournament and got on some shady message board and mm. was looking for something very specific that wasn't in the pages of the Bible. <laughs> but he's he he was able to either avoid prosecution or plea his way out because he was there this year. I mean, he still plays it every year. Do you think he had the glasses on when he got arrested? <laughs> I he I like to them. think that he did. Yeah, or at least when he was looking at that website, I hope he had them on. <laughs> they were spinning. Yeah, it was, it's kind of unfortunate because they had a really good run those years, and this is when this is when ESPN was showing it 
highly edited. Oh, the, no, I had when it blew up in the early two thousands. There was like a two or three year period of time that I watched it yeah. just constantly. And what stinks about it is that was really when it was the best. Is when they would take you know days and days of footage, edit them down into like three or four one hour broadcasts, and every hand they showed was something just insane happened. Yeah, and everybody's all in and the. Only card you couldn't believe hit, always hit. And now now they're, you know, we fast forward 10 years, they're showing it live. And the majority of the broadcast is people sit, sitting around wasting time, staring at each other, not doing right. anything. You know, because when they would edit it, they would cut out all the thinking, all the, you know, time in between actions. And it was just like, boom, 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 you know, it just happened. And it was really exciting TV. And now, you know, now they've just ruined it to the point where unless There's... you're unless you're a really technical poker player that's really enjoying the strategy it's just mind-numbing to watch yeah it's very overcovered, kind of like nascar is unfortunately yeah you know in in you know they they took this really cool concept of covering the event and, and turned it into a live sport instead of what it should have been which is a here here's what happened at the world series of poker in four episodes which is what it was then you yeah. know and now it's now it's live. You know they're gonna sh- they're showing the whole thing till its conclusion this year completely live. See, and I have no idea what the coverage is now because it's probably been eight to ten years since I've even yeah. And the other expressed thing, any interest. The other thing that was unfortunate, and of course things like that, you know they they're fads. They come they come in vogue, and everybody's into it. Cause, I mean, at that time when you were into it, cause, I mean, gosh, we played poker on your birthday one year. We did. And but but you know they had you know on the on the entertainment channels they had celebrity poker night and you know all the B list celebrities were doing it every everything was poker 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 and then you know the people got over the fad and then the, all that was left was the people that were really curious and they didn't want to see the edited version they wanted to see the real thing and now now they've killed it just run it into the ground like everything else so back at the height of its popularity ESPN had a show I think it was called Tilt. Oh yeah! Did you did you watch Absolutely. that? Absolutely, one hundred percent. Tilt P one. I was all in for Tilt. You know, as it were. the episodes could probably be tracked down. You know, I bet they could. That would be that would be a good show experiment, and Dave would love that because there couldn't have been more than you think eight eight to oh, 10? I think it was six maybe, and they're like thirty minutes a piece, right? Yeah, and 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 very much like any given Sunday and and Friday Night Lights, they they took everything that had ever happened in the entire history of <laughs> poker and crammed it into one one hand yeah one hand, pretty much yeah that could be uh be a little that might be something to that might be something to look into for the show i, I wouldn't mind revisiting that but yeah poker was poker was hot back then the thing that that's that's funny about it is and, and this is very much follows the nascar arc because i've been i didn't go this year just because um work and family obligations got in the way for the, but we've been going out to watch the world series since, you know, we had guys playing in it back then when it was popular like that. And back then when you would go into where they had it, it was, there was just, they actually for a couple of years had a full part of the conference center that was just like a vendor and expo and display. And, you know, they're selling poker tables and poker chips and cards and, and even stuff that wasn't really related to poker, you know, but it was it was this just big industry, and all of that's gone away because the um, the online poker got made illegal, right. and that sucked so much of the promotional money out of it that that you know now 
now it's not really a spectator sport anymore. It's, it's not really, it's, they're making their money by putting on the event and the, you know, the piece of the entry fee they take. It's, you know, it's ceased to be a big marketing and advertising, you know, golden child like it used to be. Yeah. I'm interested in, uh, back when they had the Jack Slinks beef jerky all in moment right. with the right. Yeti. They don't have that anymore. Especially if one of y'all ended up playing, because you, cause you've both participated yeah, in it, right? Yeah, we've both played in it, um, and you know, there's nothing to say it couldn't. We couldn't be playing it again next year. We're we're still doing the the same poker group, so we've sent somebody every year for the last ten, and we'll. It could be me or Dave next year. You never know. Yeah. So if y'all are there, I'm interested. Yeah. And it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's a lot of fun to be in Vegas. One, well, yeah, but also being in Vegas with a lot of your buddies that also enjoy playing poker is a blast because you every casino has little side tournaments going at all times, you know, so you can get your all your buddies go over here, play. You know, we, we ended up having a couple of really funny, you know, nights out and team dinners and all that stuff. And yeah, it's I'd probably just you'd probably have a real good time. Well, that I while you are playing poker, I'd be. At the NBA three, Summer League that's going on card. at the same time. Well, that that goes on too. Watching a little basketball. And we saw we saw several uh, last year. We saw several notable NBA figures while we were there. Nice. All right, I'm I'm looking for episodes of Tilt right now. But oh gosh, on YouTube they're broken up into little segments and snippets. So, but uh, I think we can we can track that down. All right. Well, they will take up a couple months. <laughs> Lord knows we need content now, unless somebody else is going to get no. injured, injured or sick. We're going to need we're going to need content for next yeah, week. Yeah, Dave's going to need to. I don't know. Have something fall on him. Tell us all about it. I have no idea. Um, one last thing. Just a takeaway item, as we we began and now we'll end with with wrestling. Okay. We had a lot of intro talk. Yes. And I think, especially with Dave not here, I think we settled on Finn Balor and Bobby Roode probably have the best intros. Absolutely, That's one and two, whichever one you want. Music, crowd participation, and all that. But what dawned on me as I watched this Monday is just strictly on just music alone, I think Drew McIntyre is number one. Really? So you like with the, the bagpipes, the Celtic warrior? Yes. Interesting. Now the rest of it, I mean, he just kind of stands and looks at him. So right. there's not a whole lot to don't, it. But. Don't think if he doesn't start to get bigger that they're not going to juice that up a little bit. Oh because man, the, I think I agree with you. The music is right. If they they can juice the rest of that a little bit, we might be really beyond to something. I, I think that's music wise. I think that's that's my number one. I had to get that off my chest. Well, it's all right. You know this. this whole episode has really been revolved around you so eh, you know it's only fitting that we that we end it that way <laughs>